0: Greetings and welcome to Converging Streams, Interfaith Fellowship in our Modern World. Our program is a production of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship and the Unitarian Universalist Church of Muncie. Today's topic is Frequently Asked Questions about the Interfaith Experience. Please welcome Reverend George Wolfe.
1: Hello and welcome to Converging Streams. Since the creation of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship, and more recently, since my ordination as an interfaith minister, I have been asked many questions about what interfaith fellowship is, interfaith dialogue, and interfaith worship. So I thought I would take one of our 15 minute radio broadcasts to answer some of the questions that come up more frequently. The first question I often get is We already have enough churches and religions. Why are you trying to create a new one? (laughs) I find this somewhat amusing because we are not trying to create a new church or a new religion. The purpose of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship is to provide a way where people from different religious traditions, living in a diverse community, can come together for interfaith dialogue, interfaith fellowship, interfaith worship, to also work on a community project, to make a difference in the community in a positive way, and basically to get to know each other as human beings. And when we do this we find that we are enriched by the wisdom that each person brings to the fellowship and to the dialogue from their own religious tradition. We find that there are many common themes which cross religious traditions. And each theme is addressed in a slightly different way in each tradition. And when we become familiar with that, we gain new insights and deeper insights into the wisdom in our own tradition. So we fundamentally believe that there is wisdom in all religious traditions and that we can benefit from being exposed to that and learning to appreciate the wisdom in religious traditions other than our own. We believe that it is possible to appreciate another religious tradition without converting to it. We are not at all interested in getting people to convert from one religious tradition to another. Rather, it is appropriate in interfaith dialogue and in interfaith worship and interfaith fellowship to recognize and respect the differences that we have in each of our traditions, but also to realize that there are many underlying common themes which we share that we can learn from. So we are not interested in creating a new church or a new congregation or a new religion. Rather, we want to provide a means within our community to bring people together. And we call this peace building. We're building bridges between cultures. And that peace building is very important to establish the kind of communication, understanding, and uh, human connection, which uh, in the future will enable us to be stronger as a diverse community. Another question I often get is, isn't it confusing to read other religious scriptures? And my answer is, well, it certainly can be, but if it's done under proper guidance, then it can be very enlightening. And as an interfaith minister, I've been trained to conduct interfaith dialogue so that discussions about various religious traditions and about the common themes within the traditions can become more meaningful as I help facilitate those discussions. Appreciating the poetry and the beauty of other religious scriptures, however, can be uh, very meaningful as we reflect back on our own tradition, bringing with it what we have heard represented in other religious scriptures. Another question I often get is, what do you do during an interfaith service? Well, we begin our interfaith services often with the reading of an interfaith psalm or poem, and the purpose of this is to evoke the spirit of inclusiveness at the beginning of the service. I thought I would uh, read one of our interfaith psalms just to give you an idea of what that experience is like. And this is interfaith psalm number 15, uh, and I happen to have written this particular psalm. Of course, there are interfaith psalms written by many different people. This particular one I will read now to give you an idea of how we might begin one of our services. Since the birth of light, I have been waiting in your midst my image is vast as the sky, my spirit as polished as truth. It is you who sought joy in temporal treasures, your prodigal soul trapped by the senses, weighted down by the millstone of matter. It is your sight that obscures your vision, your hearing that drowns out my voice, your taste that hides my nectar, your touch that veils my presence. Your memories cause you to forget the now, where time leaves no trace. For my song is in the breeze, my face is in the dawn. My heart soars in the starlight, and my dreams are in summer storms. But you will seek me endlessly until the endless is found, and there you will find my image beneath the currents of your mind." That's an example of an interfaith psalm that we use to evoke the spirit of inclusiveness as we prepare ourselves to worship the Almighty through interfaith worship. After reading the interfaith psalm, we have a candle lighting ritual where we light one candle which represents the supreme light of the divine from which all religions receive their light and then we proceed to light a candle for each of the religious traditions. For example, we will light the light of the Jewish tradition and ask to receive its blessings. We will light the light of the Islamic tradition and ask to receive its blessings. And we will light the light of the Christian tradition, of the Buddhist tradition, the Hindu tradition, the Baha'i tradition, the Native American tradition, the Sikh tradition, the Unitarian tradition, and so forth. This shows our respect for the wisdom and the light that each tradition brings to the service. After the candle lighting, we have a short purification ritual, and usually it's a water purification ritual. This is a time when people can come up and interact with water in a way that would be appropriate within their own religious tradition. Water is such a universal symbol that it can be applied to almost anyone's personal spiritual experience. This would be followed by readings from three or four scriptures from different religious traditions around a common theme. Then there would be a period of silent meditation or reflection, after which the minister who is in charge of the service would then give commentary on the readings and help people understand how the readings tie together together within the common theme. After the commentary by the minister, we have a bread-breaking ceremony to conclude the service. And the bread-breaking represents sharing a symbolic meal as a community. Another question I often get is, how do you deal with the differences between the religions? This is important, because many people assume that we're simply trying to water down religion and ignore the profound differences between them. This is not really true. We honor and recognize the differences between religious traditions and honor the choices that individuals make for themselves as they follow their own personal spiritual paths. And the differences in the religious traditions, we discuss more during interfaith dialogue. During interfaith worship, we emphasize more the common themes that we all share But during interfaith dialogue, we can examine more the differences uh, between the religious traditions. And oftentimes, these differences are merely due to misunderstandings. They're also due, sometimes, to dogma. Dogma, which is not necessarily a part of the original religious scripture or religious tradition, but came later as human beings who tried to represent that religious tradition developed dogmatic ideas, many of which are no longer embraced by uh, everybody in that particular religious tradition. So we respect the differences of each religious tradition, and we discuss and deal with them in the context of interfaith dialogue. We believe that mere religious tolerance is not enough. We strive to learn and appreciate the teachings of the religious traditions, other than our own, through the experience of constructive dialogue, and through appreciating other religious traditions and reading their sacred writings We discover teachings that the world's religions share. Such discoveries enable individuals to gain new insights into their own personal religious beliefs. Finally, I often get the question, do you teach meditation or a particular spiritual practice as a part of the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship? Well, we don't teach a particular form of meditation. We believe that meditation and spiritual practices of various types are very important in that people should learn about them and adopt a spiritual practice and a form of meditation and prayer that is right for them and in keeping with their own religious tradition. We recognize that there are many forms of meditation, many forms of devotional practice, and we encourage a person to learn about and find a particular approach to spirituality that is most meaningful for them. However, I should mention that I do teach a particular form of meditation through the Center for Peace and Conflict Studies that I learned about 12 years ago when I was in India. This is a particular form of meditation which is a very natural way to settle the mind and body into a deep state of meditation. It was created by a sage that lived about 1500 years ago named Shankaracharya who created particular songs using the Sanskrit language which, when listened to for the right amount of time, would enable a person to very naturally and spontaneously slip into a very deep state of meditation. The Sanskrit language has a mantric effect. Mantric meaning the sound of the words in the language have an effect on the physiology so that the metabolism changes and the mind can in a very spontaneous way settle into a very deep state of meditation, which is characterized by what I call involuntary mindfulness. Involuntary mindfulness simply means that a person is settled deeply into a state of non-desire, such that the silence comes to the foreground of our experience. Mental activity recedes into the background and can even subside altogether. And in that state, one is left with the experience of what's called awareness by itself, or pure consciousness. One then is able to witness in a very natural way their own mental activity, as it becomes present and then subsides, it becomes present and subsides. This particular meditative practice is very easy to learn, very natural, very beneficial in terms of stress release, very relaxing. And when a person emerges from meditation, they find that their mind is much fresher and they're able to go about their activity in a much more productive way during the day with an increased amount of energy. In addition, the practice of this meditation helps to awaken faculties of insight and faculties of realization, all of which are important in gaining more depth of meaning in life and whatever we put our attention on. If we put our attention on growing spiritually, then we gain more depth of meaning in that domain. If we put our attention on our family, we gain more depth of meaning in that domain. So meditation is something which is uh, very much encouraged by the Muncie Interfaith Fellowship. And if any of you who are listening are interested in the form of meditation, that I have just described, feel free to contact me at the Center for Peace and Conflict Studies, the phone number being 2851622. At the same time, we encourage a person to look into whatever form of meditation they might find most beneficial to them, and we recognize that there are many approaches to uh, spiritual development, and we respect the choices that people make in pursuing whatever devotional approach they may choose.
0: for listening to converging streams interfaith fellowship in our modern world our program is a production of the muncie interfaith fellowship with content and financial support from the unitarian universalist church of muncie and technical support from radio stations wcrd and work fm most importantly we thank you our listeners and followers for your support To connect with Converging Streams, including listening to our entire catalog of past programs, getting our latest new content, and making your own contribution to this program, visit our website, convergingstreams.org. Converging Streams is produced by Tony Piazza, George Wolfe, and Thomas Perchlick. Thank you for listening, and have a pleasant week.